High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. And you're very welcome back to High Noon. This is Kira Kelly filling in for George today. Now, the University of Limerick has said it is working closely with the HSE following an outbreak of sexually transmitted diseases on campus. An email which warned of an urgent alert to all students was issued to the student population by the UL Student Health Centre advising of an outbreak of gonorrhea and chlamydia on campus. And I am joined now on the line by Sarah Dunphy, who is the president of the University of Limerick Student Union to discuss this. Sarah, you're very welcome to High noon. Good afternoon, Kira. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, are people taking this seriously down in UL? Are people concerned about this at all? Um, yes, they are. When the HSE contacted the university, because there was a concern, and the university acted accordingly, um, sending out the uh, email, um, there were 14 cases, which is less than one in a thousand students. But um, we are aware of the potential here in the Students' Union as well, um, of the potential of SDI spreading. So we are very happy to highlight the importance of sexual health, just like we highlight the importance of physical health and mental health. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then that's good. Is there a good understanding on campus among the students about what the implications, for example, of chlamydia and gonorrhea are? I mean, are they concerned about this themselves? Do they, do they understand what it might mean for them if they catch it or, or what to do if they catch it? Um, yes. Well, we would encourage them to obviously get screened and get checked and um, checked out and not to be embarrassed about it or ashamed about it and there are a list of clinics available on hsc.ie and spun out and we have lots of information here in the Students' Union as well. So we tell them if they're nervous that they can get leaflets of information here and we would ask students that not to be afraid to access this information. We also are very proactive in this area in the Students' Union that we um, ran a SHAG week, so Sexual Health and Guidance Week. where we'd I like it. it. I like yes, the acronym. Thank very good. you. Uh, well, kudos goes to Keelan. Our welfare officer is fantastic. And, um, you know, rapid HIV testing, we ran this, and students were very happy to get screened. We ran it in association with GOSH and Out in UL, and we had a sex quiz, which was a fun way of informing students about STIs and sexual health. We had a Protect Ourselves Right Now party where we handed out um, a shag pack, which included condoms, and we created awareness about consent and through workshops. So we are always very proactive when it comes to the students' health. Like, we have handed out 4,500 free condoms since September, and we sell them in our students' union with all the proceeds going to charity. Good. So we encourage students to be very responsible about their health, be it sexual, physical or mental. Th- that, that's good. And you're probably lucky you have me me on the show today instead of George. Yeah. Or, or you wouldn't be getting such an easy <laughs> ride about all that. But I actually think that's a very positive thing. Tell me this. Are, are you know, condoms were, were big news a few years ago because when people were afraid of HIV and HIV was obviously considered to be a fatal disease at the time, yeah. condoms use became really common and, and generally accepted and expected. Since HIV has become less of a threat because it isn't curable, but it is treatable, condoms, because people don't like wearing them to a large extent, are falling out of favour. Is there a move among students to not use condoms? Is is there an inherent dislike of condoms that is playing into this? Do we need to do another push on education around condoms? I think that there always needs to be education on it. And I don't think it should ever slide, to be honest. Um, even though people, students are more aware. And they are more... Um, informed and they're more when we did the workshop about consent as well like students are okay about being sexually active and they will go I don't think there's a thing oh I don't like them it's not about that it's about maintaining your sexual uh, health uh, and uh, general health uh, uh, well you see Sarah I think there is a thing about people don't like them I think I think neither men nor women overly like condoms but but do, do you think there is an acceptance around using them that they are that, that 
you know, they are. Because one of the things I, I, I would say when I talk to people about sexual health and stuff is people would often say to me, yeah, yeah, we did use condoms the first few times, but then we started going out as if somehow because they formed an emotional attachment, they just can throw the condoms in the bin. Is that not what's happening? The people are just not taking proper precautions? No, I don't believe it is. I think students are very aware of the importance of wearing condoms, whether it be STIs or unplanned pregnancy or just um, unwanted um, sexual infections, okay. sexual transmission infections. I think that even when students go out with other people, they still would use a condom because they know it's important, because okay. they know how rapid these sexually transmitted infections can spread. Okay. And they're aware of that. Okay. I think that showed when we had our rapid HIV testing that students were very happy to come forward and be screened. It wasn't a thing of like, oh my God, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. They came forward, they were screened. And it was a fantastic initiative for us as well okay. to say that we are okay with it. Look, look the, the, the important message I suppose to get out there is yes, use condoms, but yes, also yes. if you have had unprotected sex and, and you are particularly, not only if you're in UL, but particularly if you're in UL, go and get screened. Listen, thank you so much. That is Sarah Dunphy, who's president of the University of Limerick Student Union about that outbreak of chlamydia and gonorrhea down in UL. Now I'm coming to my favourite bit of the show. I am joined now in studio by one of my very favourite people, Bill Hughes, you're very welcome to High Noon to talk essential songs with me. I finally got to do this piece. I've done this. I've done filled for George loads of times and I've never managed to have you on as a guest. You're very welcome to High Noon. Thanks, Kira. It's great to be on this side with you. I know. It's, yeah. it's unusual for the two of us. Yeah. So, so tell me, you, you have picked a song today that I have great affection for. And it, I'm very glad. It, it is one of the... the um, the brilliant songs maybe of the last decade or so, isn't it? Well, in fact, VH1, uh, the, the music channel, said that it is the best song of the noughties from 2000 to 2010, that decade. They sort of officially declared this to be the song and it nearly didn't happen. It really? nearly wasn't. It wasn't. It's a, it never ceases to amaze me the number of hit songs that almost weren't a hit or didn't come into being because at some stage in their genesis somebody decided eh don't like it meh it's, it's too so that happened with this very song and this song is Crazy in Love Beyonce and so get ready to do your twerking all around the kitchen when it comes The song on. that did introduce the twerk exactly The song that did yeah and that incredible shaking your booty took on a whole new meaning but uh, it's Beyonce and she gets writer's credit on it with Jay-Z, although from what I gather, oh, 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 that's the extent of Beyonce's contribution to the creative process. However, Rich Harrison was one of the other writers and then they used a sample from a song by the Shy Lights from 19, the 1970s. And so that's Eugene Record, the, the writer. So he gets the credit for that. Uh, Rich Harrison it was the main driver of the song. And Rich Harrison had composed the outline of the song. He'd composed the verses. He'd put in the fantastic brass stabs, that brilliant big brass sound that makes it so, makes you want to strut your stuff. And when he first played it for Beyonce in the studio, she didn't like it. She said, no, I don't like those blaring fanfares. No, nobody's using horns in the 21st century. And then, you know, over the afternoon, it started to grow on her. And then she said, you know what? Yeah, let's give it a go. Do you have the rest of the song? And he said, no. She said, I'm going out for two hours. Have it ready when I come back. And she left him in the studio. And when she came back, he had it ready. So she had her, whoa, oh, 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 that was her contribution Which to the song. Which is quite a big part of the song yeah. and quite a good part of the yeah. song, I would suggest. And then Jay-Z 
added his rap to the song and uh, Rich Harrison had the song and then they had the, the, the sample from the Shy Lights. So that's how Crazy in Love came into being. And uh, the the whole thing with Beyonce, I mean, she is a bit of a powerhouse, isn't she? And she is, yeah. She's an extraordinary woman, born in 1981 in Houston, Texas. Her mother, Celestine, was a hairdresser. Her father was a Xerox uh, salesman. And uh, she has her sister Solange, so Beyonce and Solange. Now, uh, her father uh, was African-American, but her mother was Louisiana Creole. So there's bits of African, Native American and French. And so that's what makes that exotic. And she is very exotic looking. She's stunning. I mean, the woman is stunning. And so aged five, they took her to her first concert and it was Michael Jackson. And it's quite a first concert to go to. At that moment, she knew that's what I've got to do. <laughs> that's that's what it's all there for me to do. And so she started looking at, at who she would take from. So Diana Ross as being an all round entertainer, Whitney Houston, uh, because she inspired her to get up and do what she did. And then Mariah Carey, her singing style influenced the vocal runs that Beyonce has, all those fantastic runs. So it was an amalgam of those people. And then as a kid, she entered all sorts of talent competitions and she got involved with all sorts of kid groups. and stuff. But it was only when Solange herself and Kelly Rowland came together in Destiny's Child. Which was an amazing band that, too. Oh my God, 1996, they, they sort of really came together. Um, that then it took off. And these days, when you look at it, with Destiny's Child, she sold 60 million albums. As a solo artist, she has sold in excess of 100 million albums. So she is one of the biggest recording artists in the history of music. And she's only hitting her stride. I mean, the way she dropped her latest album into everybody's lives this year, Lemonade, but to bring it as an entire concept, to bring it as a visual as well as an album concept, understanding the digital age has these new demands. And friends of mine who went to see her in that uh, or in the concert this year said that it was one of the greatest things they'd ever seen. And, you know, for me last year, seeing you two at the at the, the, the three arena with their tour of Songs of Innocence, I thought, well, that can't be beaten. But I was told by people who saw the two of them that it was up there with that and that the level of visual. And, and there was lots was of like, teasers around Lemonade, wasn't there? There, there was were. lots of, and, and lots of rumours and there was talk about domestic strife with, with Jay-Z. Yeah, and yeah. There, I mean, I think there has been some domestic strife with Jay-Z. Well, in there's that fabulous the, There's the lift. <laughs> there's, there's stuff from the lift. Solange kicking the crap out of, of Jay-Z. You know, For those the, who don't know the story, there, there is CCTV footage from a lift where, where, where Jay-Z who is his Beyonce's husband basically is in a scrap in a lift with her with her sister and it's mm. all captured and it's all put out there so there's obviously tempers running high in that family Not a very dignified or edifying no. moment in anybody's no, life no. there though no. Kind of thing you would um, want to keep uh, to, uh, private I would imagine Yeah but her the release of her first solo album Dangerously in Love in 1990 uh, or sorry in 2003 that put down a marker that Listen, guys, number one, I can sing, I can write and I can perform, I can dance. 
Yeah, I'm pretty gorgeous too. <laughs> and so that sort of said, I've got it all. Watch out, world. I'm here. And the amazing thing was the brass fanfare that she almost rejected was the brass fanfare of Crazy in Love that announced her and gave her that walk, that crazy walk that she does, that everybody just goes, oh yeah, it's Beyonce's in the room, in the house, in the world. You know, we all better just sit back. Now, I've been to see her live uh, four years ago when she came to the Three Arena. It was okay. And I thought it was only okay because I didn't think there was depth to the catalogue. I didn't think she had sufficient engaging songs to keep me going. A lot of it felt like filler. A lot of it felt like album filler and stuff. Now, in those intervening four years, she's brought out a lot more recorded stuff. She's had a lot more hits. And yeah, I think going back to see her now, I would be able to put up with it and say, yeah, good. But it didn't do it for me four years ago. But everybody insists that if you were in the concert in Dublin this year, it, it, it blew their quite, minds. It absolutely blew their minds. So, uh, Crazy in Love as a debut single straight to number one both sides of the Atlantic and all around the world and uh, to date it has sold almost 10 million copies making it uh, one of the biggest selling singles of all time Um, and she released Crazy in Love and Baby Boy from the the album and uh, that was all following the disbandment of Destiny's Child in 2006 she released B-Day her, her following up album with Deja Vu, Irreplaceable, Beautiful Liar. Will, so. we, will we take a listen? Oh, let's have a listen. Yeah, we, yeah. We will be twerking myself and Bill in the studio um, if you are looking in on the webcam. So uh, we're going to listen to Beyonce and Crazy in Love. Y'all 
knowing the flow is loco. Young B in the ROC. Uh-oh, OG, big homie, the one and only. Stick bony, but the pockets are fat like Tony. Soprano, the rock handle like Ben X2. I shake bonies, man, you can't get next to. The genuine article, I do not sing, though. I sling, though. If anything, I bling, yo. Star like Ringo. War like the Greens, go red. Crazy, bring your whole set. Crazy in the range, crazy in the range. They can't figure them out, they like, hey, is he insane? Yes, sir, I'm cut from a different cloth. My texture is the best firm chinchilla. I've been dealing the chain smokers. How you think I got the name over? I've been real, the game's over. Call back, young. Ever since I made the change over the platinum, the game's been a rap one. And that, of course, was the dulcet tones of Beyonce with Crazy in Love. Bill, you know, I'm exhausted from the twerking because you cannot sit still to that song. No, but you... And, and by the way, listeners, while we were listening to that in the studio, Kira Kelly was singing and she can sing. So <laughs> I was impressed. But I think it's hard to uh, divorce the content of that song, the actual lyrical content and the message of that song, because it is a very harsh song about obsessional love. And she's like saying, when you leave, I'm begging you not to go. Call your name two or three times in a row. Uh, just how your love can do what no one else can. When I talk to my friends quietly, they wonder, you know, who do you think he is? If you're not here, ain't nobody else to impress. It's It's like really obsessional that I'm putting all my eggs in your basket, honey. And that's kind of scary that the the lyrics should be so, you know, for somebody who now is Sasha Fierce, she now is this. Uh, I love the way that she has sort of reinvented what her definition of feminism yeah. is. That she it's can, not everyone's definition. It's not everybody's <laughs> definition of straddling a chair in yeah. a tutu. With, with not, masks with and, masks all, that and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, she um, she's personally inspired by uh, Michelle Obama. She says about her, she proves you can do it all. And she's described Oprah as the definition of inspiration and a strong woman. Um, so then... In 2013, after years of not commenting on Madonna, because people were always saying, oh, you write, you sing, you dance, you act, you're like Madonna. And she had never. But she actually said Madonna has taken control of her career. And she said, I think Madonna, how she took all of the great things she achieved and started the label and developed other artists. There are not enough of those women. And uh, so she's constantly looking to improve the artist's lot in the world and uh, what's uh, happening. Uh, and she is a huge inspiration to black women because yeah. because there aren't, you know, like, as is Michelle Obama. Actually, to be honest, Beyonce and Michelle Obama are inspirations to all women. It's not just black women. Mm. But it is great for black women because in America, in particular, it's a very unequal society to have 
positive role models that you can look up to and want to be like is a really big thing and, and that's something huge that Beyonce has done. It is and she's crossed over where uh, the intelligentsia and, and also take her seriously like uh, Judy Rosen in the New Yorker magazine the notorious New Yorker magazine said she's the most important and compelling popular musician of the 21st century the result the logical end point of a century plus of pop. I mean that's that them those big accolades and and. When when the Guardian called her the artist of the decade, Llewellyn Smith wrote that why Beyonce? Because she made not one, but two of the decade's greatest singles with Crazy in Love and Single Ladies put a ring on it, not to mention her hits with Destiny's Child. So just in terms of popular culture, Forbes have even reckoned that she's uh, they've listed her as the most powerful female in entertainment. Everybody just wants a bit of Beyonce. It is clear and and, and I think when when we talk about feminism the whole if you like it then you should have put a ring on it is a peculiar mantra maybe to have. But my favourite picture of her is with her kid on her shoulders looking at the animals in the zoo in Dublin Zoo just when, when she was here and she went to visit Dublin Zoo and the picture of the kid up on her shoulders and I just thought, well, that's a mom as well. She's this one of the most beautiful women in the world, one of the most talented and look what she's doing. And she is fabulous and thank you for coming in today. That Thanks, is Bill, Bill Hughes, Essential Songs, which was Beyonce Crazy and Love Today.